This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Spreading freedom across the nation. This is The Buck Sexton Show. Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hut. Thank you so much for joining. Great to have you as always. Quite a day in the news yesterday. We talked a bit about it to start off the show. More details uh, were coming in as I was on air about the assassination of the Russian ambassador. Uh, there is video of it. Uh, there are certainly still frame photos all over the Internet of it. Um, but that wasn't even the biggest piece of national security news, um, although I guess you could say it's one of two very important national security stories. Uh, later on in the day, and I was over at uh, Fox Business when this broke, uh, there was this attack in Germany, which you no doubt have Heard a bit about, perhaps read a bit about, seeing on TV um, a large truck uh, laden with steel cargo to sort of add to its weight and destructive power uh, was used as a weapon of mass murder against a Christmas market in Berlin, in Germany. There's going to be a lot of talk now about how we need to do more in the war on terror. And I have to say that one of the frustrations that I have oftentimes with this is that that's usually not followed up with any particular specifics. And I'm not even sure that people recognize those. And I mean, people, I mean, those who talk about these things recognize that discussing this uh, in the context of how we need to do more from a military perspective really does miss a lot of the point. And I think that in part, a Trump administration is going to perhaps open up this whole situation to discussion in a way that would be impossible uh, otherwise. And that has to do with the sort of solutions. I I should also first uh, bring you up to speed a bit on what's going on here. The manhunt is underway. It was reported, at least I saw it last night reported, that they had in custody an individual they believed was responsible for this, and it was a Pakistani uh, refugee asylum seeker, and now they're saying it doesn't look like that's correct. You've got 12 people killed in this attack, dozens more very seriously wounded. As you can imagine, if you're wounded by a, uh, a massive multi-ton truck driving 40 or 50 miles an hour, uh, the wounds are, are grievous and, and severe, uh, but the Germans are on the lookout. Uh, the German, more than 50 injured, according to the most recent report I'm seeing here. They're on the lookout for this individual. They are trying to find 
um, someone they believe to be perhaps an ISIS. I, I saw it reported as an ISIS gunman, even though I don't believe there was any actual uh, shooting involved here. Um, people are just sort of throwing around terms. All we know right now is that the initial arrestee doesn't seem to be the guilty party. And so the German authorities are on the lookout for the person who did this, who is still at large. You can assume, I would think, it's very likely that somebody who did this uh, would choose to go out fighting or would choose to attack again, uh, as opposed to trying to just lay low. I mean, this is not going to be something that anyone in Germany forgets. And I think that we can expect that there might be um, another attempt uh, similar to what we've seen in other cases where there have been uh, a first terrorist act followed up by uh, other actions. What to do about all of this is a question that I think is worth us spending some time on because most of what you hear about this is absolutely and completely, uh, well, you've heard it before, and it's not going to be especially useful it's not going to change the way we approach things. Uh, whenever you see someone on TV and they say things like, we need to have stronger stronger counterterrorism relationships with our allies. Uh, we need to use the intelligence more. We need more actionable intelligence. Uh, this is kind of like if you were trying to tell somebody how to get better grades in school and they just kept saying, well, you know, you need to study harder. It's just not that simple. The obvious big mistake here, and this is where the real debate's going to go, and I can sense it. I wonder if I'll have the chance to weigh in on some of them, because as many of you know, the debates and discussions over assimilation and uh, over the root causes of this kind of jihadist rage are one of the topics that I most, uh, well, I, I enjoy perhaps is not the right way to put it, but I, I like to roll up the sleeves and and get into this with people because I, I hate the perceived wisdom here, the perceived conventional wisdom that there's something that the Europeans have done wrong that has brought this upon them. Um, no, I think we can trace this back to a million uh, immigrants, almost all of them Muslim, coming in from countries that are war torn, coming in from countries that are just in a constant state of uh, oppression that have many terrorist groups that operate and perhaps more to the point also have a lot of extremist ideology that influences the broader population right where hardline islam is not some sort of uh, rarity but is in fact widespread so we look at this now i was at cnn yesterday by the way i mean at fox it was fascinating this was a real uh, a real moment i'm at fox and we're supposed to talk about the Chinese seizing the drone. They've given back the drone. So that's sort of fallen out of the headlines. And this was just breaking in Germany, this truck attack. And I'm in a green room, and there are other Fox analysts there. And there are producers. And even one of the uh, gentlemen who's sort of uh, on the engineering side who hooks up your microphone and your earpiece before you go out there. And we're, we're all talking about it in the green room backstage, in a sense. And as soon as we read about this, we go, okay, you got... People killed, many wounded, Christmas market, huge truck, very similar MO to what we saw on Bastille Day in Nice, Bastille Day uh, in Nice uh, earlier in the summer. And everyone's immediately just saying, okay, so how many, what are the casualties? Do they have the suspect in custody? 
this is a terrorist attack. And, and of course it was. But right away there was a recognition that the chance that somehow a truck, think of all the trucks driving in Germany, the chance that a truck would just so happen a few days before Christmas to mow down lots of people in a Christmas market. Um, and I said we had seen I'd seen photos of this. I mean, it was a very large vehicle. Keep in mind, you know, it wasn't you know, this wasn't uh, somebody on a on a motorized scooter that hit a couple of people. I mean, this was clearly deliberate. And at Fox, the initial reaction from everyone, including the guys who don't even do this for you know, aren't analysts, aren't anchors, just the people that are backstage helping get the show on the air. We're all sitting around talking about how it's terrorism. I then go over to CNN. Where I'm also right away. I mean, I go from one to the other. Where I'm also booked to talk about the Chinese drone, and of course, once again, news cycle changes. We're going to be talking about this truck attack, and I'm discussing with some of the people off air there. Some of the folks in the sort of green. Well, they don't really have a green room area for you to hang out with this particular show, but in the newsroom. And I'm saying, okay, so this is a terrorist attack, right? We, we can talk about, or we, we, we can call it a likely terrorist attack if that's going to make you feel better. But this is obviously an act of an act of terror, right? Nope, not obvious to them. A lot of people telling me that you know there's nothing official. We need to wait for the police report. We need to wait. I, I just sort of sit there and I think to myself, if we call it a likely terrorist attack and we're wrong, if this is somebody who uh, you know, ha- had a had a heart attack and it's a it's a horrific tragedy. Then don't we just say, wow, it's a really uh, it's a terrible tragedy. And the reporting on this initially was was wrong. And I guess we all would feel better because it wasn't a terrorist attack. It just was a terrible tragedy and bad things can happen. That's the risk we run. Very interesting, which I would say is basically no risk, especially considering the probabilities here which I mentioned on air yesterday, and the probabilities are that it's it's infinitesimal, infinitesimal, that this was something that just sort of happened, that this was accidental, that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an intentional act, whatever. Very, very, very unlikely, I would say. And yet that was the, that seemed to be a sort of primary concern, and it just was a window into two different mentalities. And the mental, and, and it's really two different sides. You'd think that a terrorist attack on a Christmas market in American newsrooms for the two most prominent cable news channels, you would have the same basic reactions from people, but you really don't. And of course, it also breaks down along partisan lines, too. Uh, as you look at this more, as you focus in on this, you can see that if you tend to be left, you tend to be Democrat, you want to be very slow in the designation of this as a terrorist attack. You want to make sure we don't jump to any conclusions. You know, they've been so programmed. And I always offer on the other side, why can't we just speak about this as normal people would without the programming, w- without the groupthink that has been uh, instituted and the sort of news speak, to borrow from Orwell, that we are constantly uh, constantly surrounded by on certain channels and in certain contexts, this is a terrorist attack. Very clearly, from the beginning. Okay. But I just thought it was interesting to see the, the differences between the initial reaction from people, including people that aren't on air, just, just sort of in the newsroom that work there. The initial reaction at Fox is, this is a terrorist attack, do we have the guy in custody? Do we know how many are injured? Are there more attacks coming? You know, mount up, let's go. 
And the initial reaction at CNN is, whoa, whoa, let's not jump to any conclusions here. We're not sure yet. We don't know. We got to wait. This could be an accident. We don't want to. And I'm just I think today is probably when you see the start, although they don't have the individual in custody yet. You probably see the start of the uh, Islamophobia narrative creeping, creeping back into things. And give it a few days and the Huffington Post and other sites will start writing stories about here in America. Somebody said something mean to a woman wearing a hijab. So this this is the real threat. This is what we really need to be on guard for. And I, I'm reminded of the uh, Yuri Bezmanov clip that I played for you yesterday, um, the KGB defector, where he says that active measures, one of the primary goals is to convince a country, a society, perhaps even a civilization that it shouldn't defend itself anymore. And we're not quite there against the jihad. And I know that there are plenty of Democrats and people would point to Obama's usage of drones and uh, military actions, although pretty minimal military actions taken against the Islamic State by uh, by our forces at the direction of the commander in chief. But there is ideologically this sort of self-hatred and and self-negation that occurs every time one of these things happens, where in the European context, it's always they didn't do enough. And I do think it's worth pointing out that assuming this is a refugee or asylum seeker, and it may not be. It may be somebody that used, well, isn't that kind of the same thing? Somebody pretends to be an asylum seeker. They're capitalizing on this, capitalizing on Germany, kicking its doors open to a million people. Uh, but when you look at this and you get a sense of you know what the the real risks are and and how this all happens, you say to yourself, okay, you, you brought in a million people into Germany, primarily Muslim, uh, almost entirely Muslim. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of maybe a couple of Christians slipped in there here or there, but these are uh, people who are who are Muslims, and they a vast majority of them are not going to do anything that is violent, obviously. We know that. But how do they assimilate? How do they fit into the broader society? And how much in the way of resources, time, and effort should the German people already living there, which, by the way, includes a rather large Turkish population, and you know, the, the Germany already is a, a multi-ethnic state in, in that sense. It's not, like, it's not like you're bringing a million refugees into a country like Japan, which, by the way, just doesn't really take in non-Japanese, period. Uh, they just and everyone seems to be okay with that. I always find that fascinating. The Japanese don't they, they don't have to take in anybody ever. I don't even mean refugees. I mean you can't even immigrate there. Um, and anyway, the uh, the questions about Islamophobia will be what are raised in this country because people are going to start to talk about this uh, in such a way that it upsets certain members of the chattering class, and the conversation in Europe is going to be about assimilation. Um, but it's not going to be that maybe there's a problem bringing in large numbers of people from a very disparate or uh, different, I should say, culture than what you have here in America, um, what you have in Europe, rather. It's not going to be that there's some onus, that there is some uh, greater obligation to the refugees, to the asylum seekers, uh, to just sort of work within the bounds of the new state and figure it out. You did have Merkel recently say this by the way, because she knows she's in trouble. She's up for re-election, and uh, her Christian Democratic Union Party, uh, which still stands behind her on all this stuff, but they're like the only ones, uh, they realize that she's created an enormous, an enormous uh, weakness for herself politically with this. 
And now she's telling other European countries, well, you know, you guys need to pitch in, too, and you need to take some of our refugees. Do you think those European countries are going to be clamoring to do that? Who wants to be the prime minister of name an EU country who brings in 100,000, 10,000 refugees, and one of them turns out to be an ISIS terrorist who kills 50, 100, uh, 100 of your citizens? That's a tough call for people to make. Um, and in the backdrop of all of this, by the way, I just have to note, and we don't know if this person who's on the loose, this terrorist who's on the loose, is in fact an asylum seeker yet. Or initially, the Pakistani that was in custody was an asylum seeker, but they don't think it's, it wasn't him. And what, that guy must have had a rough 12 hours of questioning. Uh, but that people would attack a country that have, has taken them in, has given them safe haven, is a particularly... Uh, a particularly odious kind of evil. Um, I, I really, I really look at it and think to myself, you know, what what kind of a mindset is it that those who, you know, plucked you out of the sea, saved you from Assad's uh, murdering, raping gangs, you know, what what kind of a mind, what kind of a mind then says I'm, I'm going to turn and kill as many people in this country as I can because they haven't done enough for me? We'll be right back. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. The Buck Sexton Show. Sponsor this half hour is Super Beets. Beetroot juice used by Olympic athletes for its stamina boosting effects caused waves at the last Olympics. Clinical studies prove two glasses of beetroot juice per day could increase stamina by 16%. But do you want to drink beetroot juice? I got a better idea for you. Super beets. Super beets give you the benefits of three whole beets in just one teaspoon, and they have no beet taste. And super beets is better than regular beets and beet juice because super beets are specially grown, non-GMO, and protected by a light drying process, which is also the secret to how good it tastes. I can tell you that every time I take super beets, I get a little boost of energy from it within 20 minutes. So you should definitely check it out. Call 800-311-4367 or go to teambuckbeats.com. Get a 30-day supply free. Comes with your first order and is backed by a money-back guarantee. Also receive a free book, Beat the Odds, and free shipping on your entire order. You'll love the results you feel with your first free canister guaranteed or your money back. 800-311-4367, teambuckbeats.com. 800-311-4367 or go to teambuckbeats.com. I find it very interesting that uh, you look at say the New York Post for example and the way that they the way that they put in that uh Donald Trump I mean other sides too Donald Trump blames blames the Christmas attack uh, Christmas attack on Islamist uh you know Islamist terrorists and I got I got to think you know it's funny because some on the left 
view this sort of a thing and they say, see, see what a see what a buffoon Trump is coming out and saying this before all the facts are in. What they don't understand is that I would wager most Americans, I certainly put myself in this category, are just happy when we can speak about this and, and not feel like there's some concern about saying something that's not PC. It's going to upset people. Uh, yeah, it's pretty obviously a jihadist attack. And you know what? If it's not, if somehow this was the the black swan event, the the needle in the haystack, it came out of nowhere, it turns out it wasn't a jihadist attack, you know what? We, we can just correct it and say, oh, actually, this is what happened. But you'd think that with a terrorist still on the loose and with a mass casualty attack that just happened, the public right to know would supersede the whole politically correct nonsense, but it really doesn't for most people. The Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Buck Sexton Show. Team, to give us the most up-to-date information on the attack on the Christmas market in Berlin and the manhunt that's underway, we're joined now by Greg Keeley. He's a former U.S. and Australian Navy officer in information warfare and senior advisor, representative Ed Royce, chairman of the House Foreign Relations Committee. He's currently the CEO of Swan Island Systems. Greg, great to have you. Hey, Buck, good to be with you again. Uh, so tell me, what's, what is going on here with the German uh, Federal Special Forces Police? Uh, what's happening right now in Germany to get to the bottom of, of this attack? Right, Buck, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of a bit up in the air right now, and I don't really think that the left hand knows what the right hand is doing in many respects, although a couple of developments uh, just in, 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 in the last uh, hour or so is German police have now... Um, confirmed, if you like, that they've arrested the wrong man over the Berlin terror attack, or, or potentially have arrested the wrong man, and that there is still uh, likely uh, an Islamist terrorist at large, uh, who obviously needs to be considered uh, very, very dangerous. Um, Germany's senior detective in a, uh, a press conference just a minute ago uh, warned Germans uh, to brace, and I quote, for significant terrorist attacks uh, in the next uh, uh, little while. So, for, you know, the German police, as, as you know, Buck, are very, very good and they're, they're, they're very good at their job. Uh, for them to have stumbled like that, I find a little surprising. I, I, I'm, I'm sure there's more to this than meets the eye, but uh, all the words are right now is that there's a, uh, the, the actual driver of that uh, 18-wheeler that uh, plowed into the, into the market is at large and uh, they don't know who he is because there's no video surveillance is what I'm told. And we're also, uh, my understanding is the latest is that the passenger in the vehicle was the original truck driver, and, and essentially he was carjacked and, and murdered, it, it is believed, by the actual terrorist who drove the car into the crowded, uh, which, I mean, this would be sort of a, a continuation of the tactics in, in Nice, except in this case, no no guns needed, no explosives. You don't even have to rent the truck and, and no. take it out in your own name. You just find somebody in a big truck stab him or shoot him, take the truck and go. Well, what's happened is what my uh, folks on the ground are telling me is that the uh, the truck was a uh, Polish registered uh, vehicle. Uh, and, you know, it keeps getting referred to as a truck or a lorry, but this was an, 
what we call back in Australia a semi-trailer, you know, an 18-wheeler truck. Uh, it was a, po- a Polish or- origin. Uh, the, the gentleman driving the truck, who was entirely innocent, uh, was a Polish uh, you know, contractor. He'd worked for this, uh, this company for 20-plus years. It was a family company. Uh, he's effectively carjacked uh, on the way into uh, Germany, uh, stuffed in the back, uh, like a sack of potatoes, and uh, his truck is then used to carry out this uh, this terrorist attack. Um, you know, to, to quote uh, my uh, guy on the inside, he's part of the Bundespolice or the BPOL, uh, he told me, and, and this is a direct quote as well as I wrote it down, that we had the wrong man, the situation is now different, the Muslim terrorist is still armed, and can commit further atrocities. Like, that's out of the mouth of a uh, one of the investigators on the ground. And we don't know how much help he has. We don't know if there's a larger cell or if there are other individuals that are going to engage in follow-on attacks. Uh, clearly, with the Christmas right. holiday just a few days away, it seems that there's there's an elevated threat now, no, no matter what the police know. I, I, I know they're taking precautions in Germany and Europe. They're taking precautions in this in this country uh, those precautions are uh, imperfect, uh, and that's that's pretty obvious. Um, I, I don't really know what can be done to stop somebody from taking a car or taking a truck and running it into a crowded area full of people. I mean, this is low-tech terrorism that's very right. effective. Of course, and you know, you know as well as anybody, Buck, you know, you can't stop these attacks with more police and more concrete barriers. You know, I've been to this area in, in uh, Berlin many times. In fact, I'll be there again tomorrow. Uh, you cannot stop an 18-wheeler or something of that nature uh, mowing into a crowd of people. I don't care if you've got the Olympic Games kind of security up around a uh, up around a venue, and particularly if the venue is open, uh, it's public, and it's uh, you know it, it's not inside. It's it, this is like having a a terrorist attack on the mall. You can have a few contract concrete barriers, but if a 18-wheeler is barreling down a hill at 80 miles an hour, you're not going to stop it with a with a little concrete pole. Um, just on the, the person they've arrested, uh, my folks are telling me he's a, uh, a, a refugee. He came in, uh, they're not sure whether he came in December of last year or February of this year through the, Balk- uh, the Balkans. Uh, they're naming him as Naveed Baluch. Uh, he's a 23-year-old uh, asylum seeker from Pakistan. Uh, so right now he's denying uh, that he had any involvement. But of course, if I was a, a terrorist, I'd deny the same thing. But um, obviously, they believe him enough to have reopened the manhunt for these guys. Um, one thing here in Europe, I'm in Geneva, Switzerland right now, is that the uh, security has, has really gone up around. Uh, it's, it's noticeable uh, as you walk uh, literally down the street. These Christmas markets are everywhere throughout Europe, uh, particularly in Germany, particularly in Austria and here in uh, Switzerland. Uh, security has obviously been hardened. Um, you know, you, I'm being told that they've now deployed um, German police and and the uh, um, uh, security forces with, you know, armoured vests and machine guns, which is unusual to see on the streets in, in Germany. But, you know, I think, Buck, just like happened after, you know, Chattanooga or happened after uh, San Bernardino, you know, the, the Europeans and, and the Germans aren't cowed by this. You know, this is terrorism and just as... Chattanooga and these other terrorist attacks on American soil brought Americans together. I think I'm seeing that here in uh, here in Europe also. Uh, you were in Zurich. Well, there was a shooting at a mosque there. I mean, there were three sort of international, uh, was three incidents that received international attention. There were security incidents. And we'll talk about what happened in, in Turkey in just a second. But what what happened in Zurich at this mosque? There was a gunman at a mosque and he, he shot a few people, right? 
Right. So, uh, you know, it's been a pretty dark day for uh, for Europe in the last 24 hours. We've had four or, or potentially five. We're just hearing some uh, uh, reports of a, an arrest of a terrorist in uh, in Brussels, uh, literally just before we came on came on air. Um, so, so yeah, here in, in Zurich, um, there was a shooting at an Islamic centre in uh, downtown Zurich. Uh, the gunman uh, is dead. He apparently shot himself. Uh, he shot three people. He didn't kill anybody. Um, now, we've just learned that um, the uh, gunman was a 24-year-old Swiss Garmin, uh, Swiss of Garmin descent. Um, the, the authorities are saying he has no apparent link to Islamic terrorism. Wait, he was, uh, a, he was Swiss of, of what descent? I, I didn't hear that part yet. Uh, Garmin, so African. Oh, Garmin. So... Yeah, sorry, it's, it's okay. the accent, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, pardon me, because yeah, people, I think in, in the states, I think we say Ghanaian, but yeah, Ghanaian. Okay, go ahead. Ghanaian, right? Sure. So uh, he's a Swiss Ghanaian, um, and the, the authorities are saying he has uh, no apparent link to uh, Islamic extremism. Although, you know, we often hear uh, hear that um, uh, that song sung uh, after every terrorist attack, but they are saying the motive's unclear. Of all the terrorist attacks, or of all the attacks, should I say, that have happened in Europe over the last, uh, or incidents that have happened in the last 24 hours, that's the one I'm least, um, you know, least convinced is a uh, is a Islamic terrorist incident. Now, what can you tell me about the uh, the latest on this assassination of the Russian ambassador in Ankara yesterday by? Uh, a Turkish police officer, everybody has seen, if they open their computer, they go to any news site, photos of this guy. He yelled that this is for Aleppo. You know, he did the usual sort of takbir, Allahu Akbar. So, uh, mm-hmm. what, do we, what do we know, and, and where, is that, where is that investigation going? They've kind of clammed up, uh, certainly with their, their public uh, statements. I've spent a, a great deal of time in Turkey. Uh, the, the Turkish police are, uh, or, or used to be pre this administration, or, or uh, were, were very uh, solid officers. Uh, obviously, uh, this this one has slipped through the, the cracks and has been radicalised. Um, uh, they've boosted uh, security around all the Russian uh, embassies. I tell you, the, the you know the, the the thing that worries me here with this with this assassination, and and while it's not Archduke. Ferdinand, uh, you know, getting assassinated in Sarajevo, uh, it certainly uh, could be a could be a, a tipping point for Turkish-Russian relations. And there's a whole bunch of things that could trickle down from this. Everything from you know the Russians taking the initiative to, to, to hack targets in Turkey, which has happened before. Um, you know, this the you know the, this relationship is very fragile. You know, the Turks shot down the uh, Russian bomber over Syria back in 2015. The embargo cost them nearly $800 million. Uh, you know, the, 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 the thing that worries me particularly here is that the, uh, the, Russian will, the Russians will make, they'll play the Turkish card for want of a better, uh, the Kurdish card, you know, and, 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 and really pour some arms into the Kurds. And whilst the Kurds are, uh, have been uh, very solid supporters of the United States, not all of them are, and a lot of them, uh, or, or there is some bleed across in the terrorist activity in, in Turkey. And that could be almost lead itself to being a proxy war with the Turks. There's also, of course, the possibility that uh, you could see crackdowns in both the Turkish and Russian context as a result of this, right? I mean, the, the, the Russians will look for, oh. Putin will look for an excuse to shut down dissent. The same thing is true of, of Erdogan. So there'll be political ramifications of this for sure. Uh, speaking of political ramifications, actually turning back for a second to what happened in Germany. Uh, Angela Merkel is going to be, what, up for re-election 
coming up here, mm-hmm. and she's recently started to make some noises about how assimilation and, uh, well, multiculturalism has failed, and assimilation should really be on the refugee or on the immigrant, not on the state that accepts them. Uh, she's trying right. to turn that around a bit for uh, for many, I think, especially given what's happened in Germany over the last 24 hours, but even before then, uh, with the influx of a million refugees, it's far too little too late. Uh, where is the political conversation about immigrants heading uh, for Germany and for Europe overall? Well, I think, um, Buck, that's a, a terrific question. You know, I, I, I think you find that... Um, Merkel, Angela Merkel, has found herself a little bit isolated now. The, the, the right wing uh, or the conservative party uh, of her coalition or her grouping uh, has is has moved away from her in the last uh, you know twelve months, and she's really isolated. Um, the problem here, I, I, I think, you're almost seeing a Trump-like effect uh, in Europe. Uh, it didn't quite come off in Austria, but I, I think uh, you know people. Are, just getting sick and tired of of, of um, terrorist attacks, of not being able to go out to the front door at night. Uh, you know, it, it's time that the... the you, you, you've been here, Buck, many times. You, you go into uh, parts of France or parts of Germany or to a lesser extent here in Switzerland or Sweden or, or even if you go up into Hungary and those sort of places, there is significant um, Muslim ghettos all through those parts of Europe and they're not assimilated it makes it's it's creating a huge problem, and that problem is now coming back to bite Angela Merkel, and I think it'll you'll see this uh, uh, ripple across Europe uh, more and more as these kind of atrocities continue to happen. Greg Keeley is a former U.S. and Australian Navy officer. He is currently CEO of Swan Island Systems. Uh, Greg, uh, Twitter handle, anything you want to direct people to? Uh, Keels U.S. So K E E L S U.S. Keels US is my Twitter handle. Greg, great to have you. Thank you very much for the reporting. Good to talk to you. I'll have you back soon. Thanks, Buck. If I hear anything in Berlin tomorrow, I'll give you a call. Please do. Please do. All right. Cheers. Good to talk to you. 888-900-3393, team. We'll be right back. The Buck Sexton Show. Discover more at theblaze.com slash radio. The Blaze Radio Network. Listening to the Buck Sexton Show. You know, I always have uh, two thoughts after these terrorist attacks happen, um, and, and neither of them are particularly comforting. Uh, and, and I'm somebody who, as you know, not just at the CIA, CTC worked on this stuff. CTC is a counterterrorism center, but also the NYPD's intelligence division, which is its counterterrorism arm. There's also something called NYPD counterterrorism division, but they do more uh, sort of static security blast radius analysis stuff like that if you're looking for people that are running sources inside extremist networks that's on the intelligence division side which is what i was doing so I, i've sort of seen it from the inside now i'm on the outside i'm always uh, in my mind i always think one i'm surprised that this doesn't happen more often although what we see are, are a pretty large number all things considered of disrupted plots you know, somebody who's sending money to the Islamic State one week, you know, another week perhaps would be running around with a hatchet or driving a car into a crowd full of people. And those tend to pass without all that much notice. And also, 
how little there is that we can do to prevent some of these attacks. Uh, the the usage of vehicles in this way, I've been wondering for a while why this hasn't happened. And there are other things, too, other sort of soft targets and means of attacking them that I've always wondered, why haven't the bad guys done that? And you reach and you get to this point where you don't even really necessarily <clears throat> want to bring it up because you just feel like putting it out there is a is a bad idea. Uh, but I don't have answers to either of those questions. I don't have answers to why doesn't this happen more often, because it would certainly seem like it would, just given the, the tens of thousands who have joined the Islamic State, uh, the fact that you've got a million refugees that have flooded into Germany. And we know that the German secret police, uh, they know um, that there are what the BF, uh, the BFV uh, secret police, they're sort of FBI equivalent. Um that there are extremists, that there are terrorists who have infiltrated. And yet these seem to, these attacks, well, it depends on how you look at it, right? I mean, you look at Europe over the last 12 months and these attacks, to call them rare would seem to be incorrect. But also uh, I would think that there's the possibility that you could see uh, many more of them and there could be follow-on attacks. And if that were to happen, you know, Europe would go to a very dark place very quickly. I mean, in France, they were already discussing some things. The politicians in France, after the attack at the Bataclan and across Paris with suicide bombers, including at the Stade de France, they were talking about some really scary stuff uh, from the perspective of what they're willing to do to stop the threat. All right, we're going to get into some politics in our two team. Stay with me. The Buck Sexton Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. 